When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Coronavirus Market Update. It is Sunday, July 12th, and it is time for the second part of our interview with Mike Ramey. He's a managing director at Luxury Mortgage. Mike and I have known each other for so long. He actually did my refinancing 100 years ago. So in today's segment, Mike, I want to talk a little bit about the types of people that should and should not refinance. Now, I remember when I spoke to you about my own mortgage back in March, you came back to me and said, it's not worth it. So who should not refinance a mortgage in general? I think the the bigger picture is that just because the rate today is lower than your current rate, and a lot of people look at it this way, oh, my, the, the rate today is a half percent lower than my current rate, I should refinance. No. Uh, I think you got to take a much deeper dive. A couple of things I would point out is people that shouldn't refinance, if they start with a 30-year fix and they're 20 years in, refinancing clearly doesn't make sense uh, because you're at the point now where you're paying significant principal. So almost across the board, that doesn't make sense. There are certain exceptions, maybe going into a 10-year fixed if the rate is lower. But in a situation like that, you can almost rest assured it doesn't make sense to refinance. What I like to do is this, is I take a deep, deep dive with all of my clients. I don't just look at the rate. I look if there's opportunity to, to shorten the term. Um, but what you need to do is in determining whether those make sense is you got to look at a cost analysis. What are your closing costs? What does the amortization look like? It's very black and white for me as I plug the numbers into an amortization, compare it to what their current rate is, see what the interest savings are, uh, match it up with what the costs are. The numbers don't lie. Either you're going to save money or you're not. And then I also look at how much time do you plan on remaining in your home? Um, if someone says, well, I'm, gonna, I'm moving in a year or two, well, clearly it's not going to make sense. So I think it's important to look way beyond just the rate, take a deep dive uh, with all the calculators we have at our disposal. It's easy to determine black and white whether it makes sense or it doesn't. The numbers don't lie. Now, there are some people where I have experienced where they'll call the show or they'll contact us and they want to buy a home and they can get pre-approved or pre-qualified. And yet I'm mystified that they can because their situations are a little sketchy. Are there some people who, you know, almost out of the gate, you know, are just going to get hosed if they buy a new home with a mortgage? I mean, in terms of whether it's the rate or perhaps they're going to get themselves in a situation that could be a little dangerous because they're putting so little money down. What are the characteristics of people that you say like, gosh, it just doesn't seem like now's you're not going to get this loan right now. Or if you do get the loan, it's going to be really expensive. So you might as well wait. Who are those kinds of people? The last thing you ever want to be is house poor. 
you don't want to put every dime to accommodate the required down payment. You have zero savings. So that's the, one of the biggest things I look at is that. Uh, I also look at the, the monthly payment. Where is it in relation to what your income is? If your income is variable and you rely on a bonus, for example, or commissions, you know, you might qualify today, but who knows where your commission is going to be next year. So, you know, it, just because you qualify doesn't mean you should, you should buy a house. Uh, do you have reserves? Underwriting requires a certain amount of reserves, but just because you meet the guidelines doesn't mean you, you should be buying a house. For me, I always want my clients to have at least 10 months of reserve. That's my magic number. And, and it's going to vary from lender to lender. The guidelines probably require three, but I want my borrowers to have 10 months in reserves uh, just because you never know. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, it might be a good rule of thumb even now, even though we hate rules of thumb, but just to consider that since we don't really know what's going on in the universe, in the COVID universe, right? To imagine that if you're going to go out and buy a house, pretend what would happen if you took a 20% haircut on your income. That could happen to a lot of different people. Or if you're a two-income family, what would happen if one of you lost your job? You know, you really have to be pretty honest with yourself, right? Like, am I really at risk or not? And I think that that's something that it must be hard for you because you know, I know that people are so excited when they go through the home buying process that they just want, you know, like, oh, we've qualified. And then, you know, you don't want to be the buzzkill, but people like you and me, we can often be the buzzkills because, you know, it just, we know better. We've seen, we've seen the bad stories as well. So Mike, what about the loans where you're putting down less than 20%? I don't know how much you are involved in those loans, whether they're FHA loans or the loans where you have to pay private mortgage insurance. Have those loans, types of loans remained popular? Yeah, I think, you know, Fannie Freddie, a conventional loan will allow as little as 3% down. And that hasn't changed even in the midst of the pandemic. Uh, I think we saw some some changes with FHA. We're seeing still along the 3.5% down, but more significant uh, credit score requirement. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think we've seen significant changes in those guidelines. If it's for the purchase of a primary home, the minimal down payment is still uh, allowable. It's tough for me to think about paying private mortgage insurance. It's a drag. Yeah, I mean, private mortgage insurance is a drag. It's temporary. On, on an FHA loan, it's not temporary. It's, it's for the life of the loan. But on a conventional loan, Fannie or Freddie, PMI is required when your down payment is less than 20%. And it can be eliminated again once you do have the 20% equity piece. But yeah, you're paying you know, on a monthly basis, depending on what your credit score is, depending what the loan amount is, it could be $100 to $400 a month. Is there an opportunity for people to refi if they are paying private mortgage insurance or does that automatically, do you call them up and say, send the appraiser over or do the deep dive on my, on me, release me from my PMI? How do you get released from PMI without a, a full refi? Is there a way to do that? 
It is. It, absolutely. It's lender specific. Obviously, the refi route is pretty clear. If you get an appraisal and it shows you have 20% equity, then you're not going to have PMI in your new loan. There is another avenue, again, lender specific, where uh, once you have 20% equity in the property, you can contact the lender and they can do either a full appraisal or what they call just a desktop appraisal where they review internally if the value is there. Yes, it's always worth calling your lender um, if you believe the equity piece is there and asking what their process is to eliminate PMI. What I learned during the pandemic is through executive producer Mark Talercio, smartest, best producer ever, he was able to do his appraisal remotely. Mark, was it during March? Is that when it happened or April? I forgot when this happened. Okay. So it's April. It's really like we're on serious lockdown. Mark and his fiance are in the process of doing a refi. And he's like, I don't want an appraiser in my apartment. So he calls up the appraiser and the appraiser's like, well, just take some pictures, send it to me. And it all got approved. Is that still the case? Like what's happening with appraisals amid the pandemic? That's true. And there's various ways where you can get around having an appraiser come to your house right now. And I believe it's temporary. So one, there, there's certain situations where an appraisal isn't even required. Uh, often you see that where there's a high equity piece or higher credit scores. In the event an appraisal is required, we are allowing, and most lenders are allowing exterior only appraisals with certain limitations and guidelines. Um, and if an exterior isn't allowed, like to Mark's point, they'll let you get away with just sending photographs to the appraiser. So accommodations are being made across the board uh, in consideration of not wanting to have a, someone else in the home. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, Mike, once and for all, a 15 versus a 30, what's your analysis and how should people approach making that decision in your mind? 15-year fix is going to provide a lower rate, obviously a significantly higher payment because the loan is amortized over 15 years. 15 versus 30, uh, you're going to save significant interest on the 15-year fix, but it's not right for everyone. You need to be able to afford it. And afford it means not just because you have the money uh, to make the monthly payment, uh, but you need to have a significant uh, amount of comfort level with that, right? So just because you can barely make the 15 you shouldn't be doing it. So, hey, if you can comfortably make it, if your income is significantly higher than what the payment is, then absolutely go for the 15. Why not pay off your debt? In my opinion, you know, in a shorter period of time and save significant interest. But again, it's along those lines, as I alluded to before, taking the deeper dive, running the numbers, see if it makes sense. And Jill's going to yeah. take the other side of this. You know, Mike and I have had this conversation forever because my theory on this is hang on to your cash flow especially if you're a young family, put your 20% down. I'm not a fan of putting less than 20% down, but I love a 30-year mortgage because it provides more flexibility. And frankly, you can turn a 30-year mortgage into a 15 or 20-year note, maybe when your cash flow is better able to absorb it. So unless there is some really important reason in your psyche that you have to do a 15, 
why not do a 30, give yourself some flexibility, maybe 10 years into the mission, you start accelerating the, the payments. What, what's wrong with my thinking, Mike? For, for me, paying off debt as quickly as I can, I'm laser focused on that. But, but I think to your point is a good one. And it, no question, you can always turn a 30 into a 15. Uh, from a flexibility perspective, I think it does make sense. So I am not opposed to that at all. Thank you very much, Mike. Okay. Now we had a lot of people who were freaking out a few months ago about house hunting or listing their homes and you know, now we're some months into the pandemic, presuming that people have jobs and they've run their numbers. You feel comfortable saying, okay, get back on your house hunting and move ahead. Like what's your feeling right now? So I do, um, you, know, it, you know, it's a competitive market right now for sure, uh, depending on the price range, but especially homes below a million, you're seeing multiple offers. So it's a, it's a hot market. Uh, inventory is low, demand is high. Um, so I think if you're if you're truly back on your feet, furlough is not something you see in your future, and you're real confident of that. Then yeah, I think it's a really good time to buy to buy a house because rates are so low. As always, Mike, we are so appreciative of you joining us. And if you want to find Mike, you can send him an email, mramey at luxurymortgage.com. M-R-A-I-M-I, mramey at luxurymortgage.com. As always, if you have a question, you can always send us an email. It's askjill at jillonmoney.com. Askjill at jillonmoney.com. Okay. Well, this has been a great show. It is Sunday. So hopefully you get out, you enjoy your day. Remember that if you have a question, send it to us, get it off, just like purge it from your, your whole being, especially if it's keeping you up at night. Okay. As a reminder, our music is composed by friend of the pod, Joel Goodman. Mark Delercio is our executive producer, the best in the world. And by the way, I just sent him a bunch of booze. So he's much happier right now. We're distributed by Cadence 13. Remember to wash your hands, wear your masks, maintain that physical distancing and How about this? Metaphorically, put your hands on someone's back. Lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening.